welcome to Swarthmore Presbyterian Church's podcast. This is your host, Alex Evangelista. We are delighted you are here, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. You are now listening to a sermon recorded on May 16, 2021, titled Transitional Ministry by Rev. Sarah Cooper Searight. Let us pray. Enlighten the eyes of our hearts, O God, and grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation through the reading and hearing of your word proclaimed. Instill in us a sure trust that you abide with us always and in all things. Amen. So we set the stage in a Sunday school classroom of young parents. A new family has recently joined and jumped right into all of the activity. We are about to begin our Lenten study series and I am sharing information on the Palm Sunday Parade that is still some weeks away. Giving all of those pertinent details where to meet, where to pick up palms, where your children will process and where you will pick them up. It will be a wonderful day, I say. And up goes a hand, the new member, who bravely, and I do mean, wow, this took courage, asked, what is Palm Sunday again? And what is Lent I was stopped right there. And after realizing the number of heads that nodded along with her, I mentally refashioned my entire plan for that Linton series. For many years, friends, I think we could have assumed, rightly or wrongly, that every member, even new ones, knew the language and practice of church that they were in for the long haul, that this was to be their church. Even in recent past, church leaders could still safely assume on average maybe five to seven, even 10 years of active engagement by members and those in the congregation and a general sense of a common language. Though lately, I heard one colleague say that these days it might even be closer to two to three years. This would be the time in which individuals and families are regularly attending worship, participating in Bible studies, small groups, mission service, church leadership, youth group, choir, fall fair, and all the other wonderful things that happen as part of Christian community. Of course, there have always been those who rack up the years in one place, 10, 20, 30, 50, in a single congregation. The one who see pastors come and go, schedules change, programs arise and brought to an end, who were raised in or came to know early the language that we all assume. And on the flip side, increasingly so, There are those who are in one place for a handful of years, 
before life or circumstances or changes in expectation draw them away. Some have come from other congregations. Others are just trying out church for the first time in their adulthood. Some are drawn by worship or ministry interest. Others by a desire in this part, a particular desire in this time of life. These averages are, of course, further variable depending on where we are, urban or college, rural or suburban neighborhood. Given all of this, I do recall just how difficult it was initially when my ministry was with young adults to get any feet under that ministry. Just as the ball got rolling, my most effective leaders graduated and began residencies in other cities, or got married and moved to new opportunities, or began to grow their families, thereby severely limiting their capacity to meet the group out late at the pizza place for conversation and faith on tap. The Barna Group, in their State of the Church 2020 project, found that among both churched adults, that is those who have attended a Christian church at least once in the last six months, and practicing Christians, that is those who attend at least monthly, there is a decline in church loyalty. While the majority are sticking to a single congregation, a sizable and growing minority as at least occasionally attending other churches. That is, as reflection on these numbers argues, church hopping is becoming a common feature of church going. Just because someone might attend church doesn't mean they attend the same church every time. Further, in that same study, it is observed that among younger generations, traditional membership is less compelling Though, interestingly, there is still significant value placed on participating in intentionally committed groups. All of this, all of this comes together to pose some questions for us as church. As we hope to sustain capacity for long-term ministry and vision, what are the conditions that need to be created when the reality is that we might not expect the same people to be here when we begin something as those who will be here as we see it through. What can we assume, if anything, about common language, vision, and set of actions as we go along? How does the ever-changing church continue to minister effectively in a constantly changing world. Transitional ministry is in no way a new feature of the life of Christ's body. It was never meant to be a static institution anyway, even if sometimes it feels as though we are just that. Discipleship has always been an in-between state of being. On this Sunday, when we celebrate the ascension of our Lord, 40 days after Jesus was resurrected, as he finally and fully ended this stage of his earthly ministry, we are reminded 
that it was never his intention to stay fixed. The disciples are about to be sent out to all the earth, no longer in the same city with the same people, and learning that their message will take different form, even among one another. Now this is in distinction to the word that Jesus embodies. The word that the gospel writer John began with, that capital W word, the word that was in the beginning with God, the word that was God, in whom all things came into being, the word is fixed and enduring, a light that is the life of all people. But Jesus, as the word incarnate, was always on an ark from the glory of the incarnation to the suffering of the cross, to the glory of resurrection and ascension. Being lifted up, Jesus was always meant to reign as one with God, as God, who calls to account all earthly powers and principalities and the uppity notions of ourselves. By ascending, Jesus becomes even more present to us, not stuck in one place or one time or one body, but in all places and for all people in every situation. This is why I think that we get prayers like the ones we heard towards the end of his life, the ones that we overhear with the disciples in John's gospel. As Jesus, the parental Christ, expresses concern for his own, those who are a part of him, one with him as he is with God, a parent who prays protection, a parent who prays that they too may know, that we may know that we are holy, set apart by God to be a blessing in this world. It is intimately clear here how in love Jesus is with his disciples. As he recites how he cared for them, how he taught them, how they are his. And we also hear that he knows that this is a stepping off point for them. Like that first time that a child boards the bus for kindergarten or spends a night at a friend's home or drives herself to the store or steps into her dorm room. On the one hand, it would be easy for the disciples to say to Jesus, take us with you. And on the other, it would be easy for Jesus to tell them, stick to yourselves. But that is not a Jesus thing to say, we know. And to their credit, the disciples don't ask. For they know that this is not the purpose of the gospel. The gospel is good news. It must be shared. It cannot be contained, just as Christ will not be contained. And Jesus knew this very well, as he described being both hated by the world and being sent into it. As Reverend Benjamin Duhalm writes, those disciples gathered there will have to find God 
and God's eternal life not as a distant object to be sought, but as one to whom they have already been delivered and who is already at the center of their existence. That is, they cannot languish and linger, waiting for him to return. They have to trust that he has prepared them, that God indeed is with them. So Christ sets the conditions for us, for his followers, and these conditions persist for the church through centuries of change. Unity in the body of Christ, unconditional love that expresses itself as service, trust in the truth that we bear, joy that is complete because of it, courage to persist, and a very sure place in this world. That is quite a list. And these are heavy things to hold at different times, particularly as we, just like the disciples, strive to hold them in the midst of social, economic, political, and cultural moments of change that refuse to stand still or stand aside. Sometimes the weight of it feels too much. Sometimes we would like to stand still for a moment find the faces we know in the Zoom room or on the parking lot, and talk only to these. Bask in the familiarity and predictability of what we know, hymns we know, rhythms of life that we know, shared language that we know. And darn it if the liturgical life of the church does not let us do this sometimes. The rituals of church life can be as predictable as they come, and sometimes blessedly so. From Advent to Christmas, Epiphany to Lent, Easter to Ascension to Pentecost to Trinity to Christ the King, God sets our time in the church. And these seasons give us bearing just as the sacraments give us common identity and a place to be fed. There is time to stand, to observe, to overhear, to be blessed, and to find ourselves in awe. But we know that we cannot stand always or for too long. It is our very job to tell It is perhaps that ascension is one of these standing places, overhearing Jesus' conversation with God, imploring on our behalf, standing heads raised as he is taken up, walking quietly back to Jerusalem where he told us to stay and to wait and to pay attention for the spirit. But then it is time to tell That is what we are here for, church, to tell through word and deed the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, whom God sent into the world so that the world might know just how much God loves it. And I do mean all of it. It is our job to tell in ways that do not assume, but invite 
in ways that make room for how others can join. So I think that we have got to find our way into understanding what we do not as fixed, but as transitional. As bad a word as that can be sometimes for the church, I know it. As sour a taste as it leaves, for it implies unsteadiness and uncertainty and change. Perhaps, to put a finer point on it, our purpose is fixed. Our identity in Christ is secure. But our ministry and the way that we live Christ's message out blossoms and evolves as we tend carefully to what it means to be of God and in the world. I think this is such a gift for us. It can free us, make our welcome bigger and broader, our shared language truly shared, and the value of our ministry in this community increased. As we look into the next months, the next year, there is a lot that lay before us. Our impulse might be to slowly and carefully, cautiously, but surely move back to what we knew before March 2020. Like the disciples casting lots for a replacement after Judas' betrayal, it will be to assume that those who have come in during this time will know just where to fit in to the existing structures and just what we mean by fall fair. Except that once the Holy Spirit arrived among them, the doors were blown open. Tongues were aflame, everyone gathered who could understand, even without a common language among them, they were no longer fixed there. The church was born amid chaos and uncertainty and transition and a growing understanding of just how disruptive all of this would be. So it is true that we do not know what lay ahead of us. It is true that we have been disrupted in this last 15 months. It is certain that some will be here to begin whatever ministries we continue and begin here, and others will pick this up along the way. We know that sustained ministry is possible even in the perpetually transitioning church. We must, though, be willing to discern and then trust that God is at the core of what we have imagined so that we can let it evolve and grow even beyond us. We have the opportunity to cultivate the practices and ways of being in transitional space. Patience, curiosity, setting aside our anxiety, willing to engage in all manner of conversation, trusting in the goodwill of all, keen listening, delight in the new possibilities, and wide open arms and hearts. In all of this, we can trust that Jesus prays for us still, prays for us before God as God, 
and moves among us, inspiring all that we can imagine, giving strength to all who come and go, and keeping us together no matter where we are. For the benefit of God's kingdom come. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon, recorded for the 16th of May, 2021, titled Transitional Ministry by Reverend Sarah Cooper Searing. We'll see you soon. May the peace of Christ be with you.